One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that gets our guests talking about their lives and themselves in a way that normal old interviewing doesn't often do by using music's power to connect us directly to our pasts and our memories. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is mayor of my hometown, the city of Fort Myers, Randall, or just Randy Henderson Jr. Randy's been mayor for about a decade. He's now in his third term. Before that, he served almost a decade on the Fort Myers City Council. He was born and raised in Asheboro, North Carolina, and graduated from Mars Hill College. College in North Carolina in 1979 with a bachelor's in business administration. He began his career in Fort Myers in banking. He's CEO of Corbin Henderson Company. That's a real estate firm that's been around since the mid-80s. Mayor Randy is an active community volunteer, including currently being on the boards of Kaiser University, the Edison Pageant of Lights, and the Salvation Army. He's past president of the Greater Fort Myers Chamber of Commerce and Fort Myers Kiwanis Club, and he was president of the Florida League of Mayors in 2015 and 2016. He's also a private pilot who flies for both business and personal pleasure and an avid fisherman. His bio says he's been happily married to his wife Jenny for 40 years and that they have three adult children, sons Marcus and Alex and daughter-in-law Carrie, daughter Laura and son-in-law Jay, and two granddaughters Virginia Ann and Ellery Andrews. We got Mayor Henderson on the agenda after episode two guest Lydia Black texted me a while back saying, Mayor Henderson wants to do three song stories, just confirmed him. Thanks Lydia for booking the mayor for us. Now let's get to our first mayoral song stories. Hey there, Mayor Henderson. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm great. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm excited. It's, it's been a little stressful trying to uh, pick out some music. Um, we're, I'm going to start with a question that we usually ask toward the end, but I'm going to start at the beginning. How did you do this? What was your process for trying to get to these three songs that we are embarking upon now? I had no process for the first attempt at this, and then I started thinking about I should just tie it into. Uh, highlights or very impressionable or important moments of my life. And then the creative juices started flowing and information started coming forward. Were there memories arising that hadn't been around lately? Yeah. Happy memories, sad memories, um, and and they are distant, yes. Hmm. Uh, so, okay, what was the musical background of your childhood there in uh, North Carolina? Well, of course, I'm a, 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 a product of the, of the 70s, where, uh, the late 60s and 70s, when I, I graduated from high school in 1975. And uh, so the music of that era was impactful in my life. And as you're moving through life and living in the way that you are at that time, whether it be sports or, or your academics, uh, Obviously, you're thinking about uh, a, a, a life partner, and am I going to have someone that I uh, can fall in love with? And so the music becomes relevant for that. Yeah. And it did. Sees what, see what resonates. Yeah. Um, what about when you were younger? Was there music being played by your parents in the house? Was there music being played on instruments? What was sort of the fabric of music in your household? I grew up in a, a family of, of music in the sense that my mother's a pianist and uh, played a lot of hymns in my youthful life. And um, they listened to a lot of classical music and, and country music. My my late uncle, Gerald Henderson, was a superior musician in the sense that he could play. He had a Gibson uh, guitar, acoustical guitar, and he could he was excellent, and he, and he could play the harmonica and the guitar at the same time. He had a brace that would yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Uh, hold the uh, harmonica in place. My uncle Edwin was a, a guitarist, and my grandfather Henderson, uh, Paul Paul Henderson, was a fiddler. Hmm. And so it was uh, not uncommon for us to sit around at holiday time and listen to them around the living room while having luscious amounts of home-cooked food. Did you ever play an instrument? I did not play an instrument. I, I love music. I love to sing. I've sang in church choirs uh, many times. I'm hoping to do that again. I'm not doing it currently, but uh, I've been invited, and I'm uh, wanting to do that again. But I do love music. Was there any pushback from your parents or your family about the rock and roll music that you were listening to? Not a whole lot. Uh, they, uh, as long as it wasn't loud and clanging and bothering them, I was I was uh, safe. I I let my mother down. Uh, I'm sorry to say, uh, because she wanted me to be a pianist, and 
She uh, provided for me to have lessons. She worked with me to, to play the piano, and I regret that I did not turn into the next Liberace. <laughs> if only we could send that back in time to our younger selves, I right? Know, you I know? Know. The decisions we made. Yeah, exactly. Earlier you alluded to that music and, and whether you'd find a life partner or whatever. What, was, what were you alluding to there? I'm a huge fan of, of Motown. Uh-huh. And during my uh, college life, I met my now bride, uh, Virginia, Jenny. And we love to dance. And Motown provided ample opportunity for us to dance. And, of course, one of my all-time favorites is uh, Barry White, uh, uh, Can't Get Enough of Your Love, uh, um, Edwin Starr, who both, both of these artists are, are have passed on. But Edwin Starr, 25 Mile, I, I love that song and, and has had great time. Chicago, Boston. Um, Grand Funk Railroad, you, you name it. They, they were prominent in, in my college years. Hmm. Um, if I say earliest music me- musical memory that pops into your head, is there anything that you flash back to um, in any regard? I, 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 think, I think the, the youthful um, early grades, uh, kindergarten and on, would, would be songs associated with the church, hym- hymns and and. Songs that I heard my mother playing on the piano were, were prominent. I, I love the old-fashioned hymns. I grew up around them, singing them. I love them. Many of them I have memorized and I sing from time to time and new late-year uh, renditions of them I love. So those are fond memories for me. Did you sing in the church choir when you were a kid? Uh, no. Did they have a tr- uh, kid they, choir? We had a kid choir. I, I do remember singing a little bit, but it was it was not – on my radar at that time. Well, I was going to say, you were an athlete, right? I did enjoy sports. I was a hyperactive kid. I played anything that required motion, uh, largely um, football, basketball, and, and baseball, and, and I loved it. I was obsessed with it. And if I, and my mother and, you know, and father ran me all over creation playing sports and right. games, and I, I love it. I have great memories of it. Mm. Uh, we'll get into some more of that in a little more detail later, but let's get to your first song. Uh, uh, what is it, and would you like to uh, preface it? Would you like to listen to it? How would you like to handle well, this? I'd like to just share a, a story at the beginning of each one. I think we're starting with Ashokan Farewell. Uh, yeah. And um, this is a prominent song in my mind, uh, based uh, going back to when Jen and I uh, were raising our children. Oh, okay. And um, my daughter, Laura uh, Henderson Fraser, who married uh, Jay, uh, is a violinist, and I am, will be forever grateful for Kara Griffith, who was her teacher at Edison Park Elementary. That's uh, Jim's wife. It's Jim's wife, and I, and, and I want to express my appreciation to Jim, too, because he's a gifted oh, yeah. musician, and I love listening to he and uh, Karen, Kara play, and uh, they played in Laura's wedding. And they taught Laura how to be a great uh, violinist. And uh, and one one of those episodes uh, was uh, we would arrange when they were at Edison Park Elementary uh, through my Kiwanis Club. Uh, I would recruit five or six men from the and women from the Kiwanis Club to go to the Edison Park Elementary late morning, transport the young violinists to our Kiwanis class, Kiwanis luncheon, and they would play for us uh, several renditions of, of Kara's songs, and one of them was A Show Can Farewell. Mm. And this is elementary school kids. Elementary school. Ah, and this is from the Civil War by Ken Burns, too, which is where people might recognize it. Had it come out yet, or was this uh, adjacent to that? This or? was, I think, written in the um, in the late 80s. or early It was late. written in the 80s. In the 80s, and it had come out. Laura was born in 84, so by then she was six or seven years old. Okay. So Ken, Ken Burns used it in... Um, 1990. In, well, in two movies, actually. He used it in... Uh, or in films, I should say. He used it in Huey Long in 85, just one year later. Um, and then, yeah, in the Civil War documentary in 1990. Oh, okay. I think I first heard it, though, from those young elementary students. Wow. And it had an impact on me. It was beautiful. And Laura, um, from time to time, would play that for me just solo at home because I did love it. I found a CD, a disc of it. And recently, just in, just recently, Laura found a violin from someone who wanted to sell it, a Nash- Nashville, uh, Tennessee performer, uh, and met with her. She uh, was selling her violin, and, and Laura found this violin 
200-year-old violin, wow. I might add, made and fabricated in, in France. Wow. 200 years ago, and she, she purchased it, she, and she, she uh, FaceTimed me. Dad, I want you to hear my new violin. And she played a show can very well. <sighs> we should listen to it now, right? We should listen to it, and it's emotional. Ashokan Farewell, composed by American folk musician Jay Unger in 1982, like we said, used by Ken Burns. Uh, Richard, take it away. What's going through your uh, your heart on that one? This song will evoke um, an emotion from you. Um particularly the way that Ken Burns incorporates that with his story of Civil War. But if you have a daughter... I have one. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yeah, we'll all get the tissues out. (laughs) Who can play that for you on FaceTime? With a new violin, that's a cool deal. Yeah. Um, how long had it been since she'd played it for you? You know, quite a few years. I think I was visiting them in their home in South Carolina, and one day, just a random time, she was walking around with her violin, and she started playing it. And she knows I love Amazing Grace on on her violin, and the way she can harmonize that tune is one of my favorites. And uh, so she'll she'll wrap me up, and she she knows it evokes emotion in me. So she gets me that way. Um, you know, you said she she got a two hundred year old violin. Is she a professional violinist? I mean, it seems like you got an old violin. Maybe she does it for more than just making her dad cry. Well, yeah. <laughs> while she was living here in Fort Myers, she was the part of the Southwest Florida Youth Symphony, thanks uh-huh. to Kara and others who influenced her life, and uh, and she does play in her. Uh, uh, Church of the Cross praise team in, in uh, Bluffton, South Carolina, and they found out there when they were attending church that she was a violinist, and so they w- they weren't going to let that go. So she uh, and she loves it. She we, Jenny and I love worshiping there with with she and Jay and the, and the my two little granddaughters, and and uh, when when they play there in church, it's, it's a special time. Um, did the, either of the boys in learn an instrument, or did they get through without? They 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 pretty well got through without. Although Marcus uh, liked the trumpet and uh, and did uh, play the trumpet, and it was not his passion, and uh, he moved on from that. But uh, we are a family that loves music. Hmm. And, uh, um, how do you listen to music these days? Well, I I have Cirrus uh, uh, <laughs> right. as they roam around the town, so I have multiple music stations dialed in and so I'll move around till I find one that I'm I'm liking in the moment and uh, so I listen to it when I'm moving around the car. Uh, at home I will uh, oftentimes pull it up on an iPad uh, and, and and we have it through through our television as well so we have multiple ways we can listen. That's all digital stuff. Do you remember the last time you bought music that had like a form, like a CD or a record or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's been years. Yeah, so you guys don't have that around the house? We do not. All modern. All <laughs> modern. I, I tell people jokingly, I'm a millennial. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> right. I'm the millennial boomer. <laughs> Sorry, Richard. <laughs> um, Mary Henderson, is there a CD in your car right now? There are, I think, uh, a few CDs in my car, and uh, I think I have one, a, a Motown CD, uh, I think, unless I've re- removed it. Um, and I think there's a country music CD with hymns on it, hmm. now, that, now that we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, now that we talk about it. Um, uh, what was your first car? Do you remember what your first car? Well, surely you remember your first car. What was your first car? It was a yellow, brand-new Toyota Corolla, and my dad uh, purchased it uh, for the—I'll uh, I, never forget this. It was, it was uh, out the door, $1,600, and I think we put several hundred thousand miles on that. Right on. And got us through college. It was an amazing automobile that all three of my siblings, uh, Brother Mark and uh, Don and Jane— were able to drive throughout their young lives and learn. And which which, uh, which year was that? 
19, that was a 1973 brand new Toyota Corolla, yellow, bright yellow. That's a, that's a good generation. Those, yeah. they look, they look pretty stylish back then. I waxed that car. I can't even tell you how many times. And I, I mean, people have to wear sunshades around that car. It shines so, so much. <laughs> did it have a, did it have like, so AM, AM, FM? Did it have a cassette? Did it have an eight track? It had AM, FM. And I borrowed uh, money from my friend Jeff Davis to put a Craig C- CD tape player in that. And I wore that tape player out. And I paid Jeff back. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you, uh, you, you were an athlete in high school and then you went to mars hill college and you got a, a, a football scholarship right I, I i did play football there for one year and i was just on campus uh, last weekend as a matter of fact how did you end up there in. was it the scholarship or was that like a target for people in north carolina i was i was, I was, I was <laughs> it's a little tiny town it's, right it's a tiny town and in an equally small uh university and and uh i literally uh, did an about face. I was out the door to East Carolina University in Greenville, North Carolina, uh, and I did an about face in the eleventh hour to attend Mars Hill, and and I had decided, well, maybe I maybe I will make a stab at playing at a smaller college and playing football. And and what I learned through that experience is I did not like playing college football. Mm-hmm. I was a tiny guy. Even what even position did, did you play? I was a wide receiver and. and and I tell the story. I told it last weekend on campus at homecoming. Um, they, we were doing some drills, and there was a senior football player named uh, Spike Anderson. And he, he was a great guy. And I saw Spike last weekend, as a matter of fact, at homecoming. And uh, the uh, young freshmen were lined up there running dr- routes and, and drills. And, and the guy in front of me, uh, uh, Spike, knocked him out cold in that drill. And I turned to the guy behind me and said, I don't feel so well. Why don't you go next? <laughs> <laughs> and I reminded Spike of that story last week. And he, he went on to play for the Dallas Cowboys. He was a superior oh, athlete wow. and, um, and and a good, very good person. I love Spike. Um, I looked up on the map because I didn't know where Mars Hill was. And that's just right up the road from Asheville. It's and a, so I kind of I got the flavor of that area. If it has any proximity to Asheville, it's probably pretty cool up there. Very, very cool. And I'll tell you an interesting story. Um, it's it's a, a, a roughly 18 to 20 minute drive north of Asheville. We used to go into Asheville. We had our proms at uh, the Grove Park Inn in Asheville, very prominent. Uh, hotel there, and it's a lovely, lovely place to put on a tux and see your see your girlfriend uh, in, in a gown. We had a wonderful time there, but you didn't go to downtown Asheville in those days. But U.S. News and World Report just announced their top picks for cities of high quality of life, and it's Fort Myers, Florida, and Asheville hmm. are two of the top cities in the country for baby boomers, for retirement, and for general quality of life. And for me to experience both of those yeah. cities is kind of a remarkable thing. So back then, though, Asheville wasn't what it is today? You would not go downtown. It was dangerous. It was uh, unkept. It was unclean. There were many uh, buildings abandoned. And uh, just uh, 10 days ago or so, I had the privilege of having dinner at the top of a hotel called the AC Marriott with a rooftop uh, restaurant. It was beautiful night in Asheville, looking out over the skyline and watching the sunset behind the mountain. And I want to announce to you that the AC Marriott is coming to downtown Fort Myers across from the Sydney and Burn Davis, a nine-story rooftop boutique restaurant that's going to be beautiful. Where? Like Hall of 50 States near there somewhere? It's, or? it's uh, directly category, uh, across the street from the Sydney and Burn Davis, caddy, a little bit caddy corner. Okay. Right? There's a little small little footprint of yeah, a lot yeah. that's vacant. And uh, David Fry is going to Oh, it's, so I, okay. So it's directly across the street from like Tom Smoot's office. Yes. Okay. And 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 and, uh, and, 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 and it's going to be beautiful. And I experienced that awesome. in Asheville. And we've got one coming to Fort Myers. Why? That's breaking news to me. Per- Pretty cool. Um, uh, do you remember you mentioned you went to prom down there in Asheville? Do you remember what your slow dance songs might have been during that era? One of my favorites during that time. It's going to be um, familiar to people. Is Barry White's uh, "Can't Get Enough of Your Love," and I've danced many, many times, now, and I can't <laughs> get enough of, of the song. To be honest with you. So what? Uh, what brought you to Fort Myers then? Well, uh, Jenny and I met. I tell people this story all the time, and. Uh, 
the math department at Mars Hill University. Wow, and how many students are there? Uh, roughly in that year, I think there were about 1,540 wow. or so students, and I met her there our sophomore year in the math department, and I was, I was wanting to study, and she kept bothering me. <laughs> she have to knock you on the head. <laughs> well, I said, "Leave me alone! I'm trying. To, I want to do math." And and she she kept bothering me. And so finally, uh, she got my attention. Long story short, uh, she asked me out. And then finally, she asked me to marry her, and all of that. And, really? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, of course, I'm being. <laughs> of course, I'm being facetious. Well, who knows, man? <laughs> I chased her. I chased her. I wouldn't let her alone. And uh, she invited me to. Uh, <laughs> Fort Myers uh, in the winter break, and I said, "Oh my gosh, I'd never even been to." Did Florida. she have a connection here? She lived in here. She lived here. She was oh, born. Oh, so she she's from here. She went to school at this little tiny college up in North Carolina, and met you brought you back. Yeah, she, oh. that's that's in short the way it happened. She was going to the University of Georgia or uh, uh, Florida State University, and thank God she found Mars Hill. And she introduced me to Fort Myers. I fell in love with her, fell in love with Fort Myers. The rest is history. Huh. Uh, just real quick, uh, my sister went to school in Banner Elk at Lee's McRae, which is just kind of no, well. over there yeah. a little ways. Beautiful That's campus. Right. I was in Banner Elk last, this January. Yeah, That's where yeah, I took yeah. Zoe to go skiing. My yeah, yeah, no, she, she went there, did theater. She still does stuff like that. And she was a guest on this show a while back. Um, uh, little League, real quick. You, taught, you, you coached Little League. 14 Fort, years. Fort Myers in, uh, Little League? Fort Myers American Little League. So was that at the Fleshman Park there? Or Fleshman Park. Was that after they had moved it to where it is now, or were you ever over on Linhart? I was. I started at Linhart. As a matter of fact, I grew up at Linhart. Well, you'll, you'll <laughs> love this story. Uh, Linhart, and it was the co-ed, then uh, Laura started her baseball career about six years old, about the time she picked up the violin, too. And uh, to her credit, uh, she played that full year with Blake Bartholomew and others. I know Blake. Yeah, absolutely. And made a contribution and at the end of that season. She finished the season. She came to me. She said, Daddy, uh, I don't think I want to play baseball anymore. And I said, honey, you do whatever you're comfortable with. And I tell Donnie Overholzer and all my friends in the, in, in the Little League that Little League inspired Laura to be an outstanding violinist. <laughs> there you go. I, uh, I played uh, for the minor league Indians for Sam Fleshman. Who was your coach? Sam Fleshman. Oh, the Sam, the Sam Fleshman was oh. my coach oh, when my I started Lord. there as a kid back in like 1981. I That's guess it would have cool. been. Yeah, yeah. I played all the way through until I got to high school. Then I got to Fort Myers, and I had to choose golf or baseball. And I was better at golf than I was at baseball. Of course. So then I, there you no, go. I played for Coach Sam in high school. Um, okay, it's time for your second song. I think the second song is uh, "Wonderful, Merciful Savior," mm-hmm. right? This one's going to be tough uh, to talk about, um, and I'm going to try to get through this. But this is a beautiful hymn. It's a, it's a later uh, year hymn. It's not one of the old uh, old hymns. And I, I, I'm not sure exactly when it was written. Do you know? Two thousand one. Two thousand one. So it's fairly fairly new. Uh, Laura, Laura was born. Um, or at least this this version that we're using was recorded in 2001. So I don't know if that's the original or not. It might be uh, actually, Mike, because um, uh, Laura was was born in um, in 1984. Uh, so um, I think it did come much much, much later. But um, but the the tough the tough part about this is I first heard this. It's actually a great story. I uh, first heard this hymn in at the Church of the Cross in Bluffton, South Carolina. Where we were visiting Laura and Jay and and Jay's parents uh, Joe and Alice Fraser, wonderful wonderful family and um, and they and they don't know this story but it, it's it's hilarious I like to tell it. Um, They're gonna know it in, now in one sense yes. <laughs> but I'm standing uh, I'm sitting in church next next to Joe Fraser uh, Jay's father and I, I think I think Jay and Laura were married and it was either soon after they were married or they're. Their marriage is coming up soon. They're, they're to be married. And um, Jay had asked her. And so we're just there in a the routine worship service one morning at Church of the Cross. And this hymn is played. I had never heard it. It so struck me uh, in the moment as I was listening to it that the tears began to flow. It was just that beautiful. And so in order for me not to be embarrassed in front of Joe Frazier, I would just tilt to the right ever so slightly. He was sitting to my left. 
in in hopes that he would not see me <laughs> crying because <laughs> <laughs> he, he perhaps wouldn't have understand it. But but the most serious part of this story isn't when I was hearing it for the first time there at the church. It's when four, five, I think five years later, when Jay and Laura's first child came, our first daughter-in-law, or uh, yeah, um, a granddaughter, Virginia, Virginia Ann Frazier. Uh, Laura, Laura was pregnant, and it was discovered uh, late, close to in the third trimester that, that little Virginia was going to have a condition known as hypoplastic left heart. It's a very serious condition where there's some people may know it as a hole in the heart. Um, and there's a very technical description of it that Laura has can so eloquently describe to anyone who may um, she may be talking to. But it was apparent that it was going to be a serious condition, and they were going through some counseling and as to what to do. So uh, she was ready to have the baby. We had arranged. We knew it was going to be uh, a challenging time. Uh, some gracious friends of the Fraser family found a home right downtown Charleston at Rainbow Corner, a prominent area in, in the um, historic city of Charleston, the uh, Medical University of Charleston, where Virginia was to be born. Um, and we were there in this wonderful historic home uh moving closer to the birth, and we were there over a weekend, and we attended church there in a beautiful, historic, white frame, double-decker church that we were able to walk to right downtown Charleston, an Episcopal church there. And the we walked there as a family. We were all dressed, and we sat in the church, and Laura was very, very pregnant, and this was the first hymn that was played. You want to listen to it? Uh, Wonderful, Merciful Savior, performed by Sela, 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 uh, released on her 2001 album Press On. There's such a great message in that song. And um, Virginia was born. She was on life support for seven days. A gifted surgeon named Manu Kavarani performed a six-hour surgery on her heart with the size of a quarter and repaired her heart so thoroughly that she had one surgery and she's going to have a normal life. And that most often has three surgeries associated with Last Tuesday of this week, Becky Conrad, who's been cutting my hair for 34 years, substituted Virginia for me because I don't need a haircut. Hmm. I had my haircut off recently. Yeah, short. For Sarah E., who's a little five-year-old cancer patient, the Galasano. And so my head looks like little Sarah E.'s now. But Becky cut Virginia's hair, and I got a bunch of pictures of it. Virginia's going to have a beautiful life. She's, How old she's, is she? She's normal. She's four. Huh. And happy and strong, and we have a lot of fun. When that song came on in that church, did you uh, uh, lose it? Had to, pretty much the same, yeah, <laughs> as I did now. But, but I was, um, you know, Laura was there, pregnant, and um, I was just looking, you know, at her, and we didn't know what the future. Yeah, you were having be, to be stoic. We'd be stoic and support her. So, uh, but Laura Virginia's doing great. Go have a normal well, life. I'm really happy to hear that. It's a great story. Um, uh, when was the last time you had listened to that song? Before, it, it, like, you know, here in this moment? It's been a long time, a number of months. Yeah. Mm. yeah a year or two. Um, um, you're a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Do you listen to music while you're flying? Is that a thing, or uh, are there it, rules about that, or the, what? The, the the rules are um, in the little caption in the um, in the pilot's uh, manual says uh, 
flying in and of itself is not inherently dangerous. It's just terribly unforgiving. So if you're listening to music while you're flying, you better do it with great discretion. But it's 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 available, and uh, and and it there are times when you're flying that I'm flying that music triples the experience. I can imagine because music evokes emotion. Yeah. Do you have any songs that you like flash into your head when you just said that? Like, you know, particular, I don't know, just a song that you you want to listen to while you're flying. Well, certainly that would be one. (laughs) Not not Highway to the Danger Zone? (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, there there are a number of of songs, including that, all all these three that we're going to talk about today uh, that would be fun to fly to. But um, instrumentals are great. Piano pieces, I love the piano. And uh, uh, harmonization, harmonization of music, and 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 I try to sing with with harmonizing, and I can do okay with it. I'm not a professional, but I I get a lot out of it. You share that with um, <clears throat> President Merwin, uh, uh, Martin. Mar- Martin, President Martin here at the university. He uh, he said that that's like that's his big thing. If if he can find a song with good harmonized vocals, he needs to hear it. Like, Me he too. Loves to hear it. Me you, too. Well, he would love these. You uh, you sang along to that first one. That was an instrumental. I think you're the first person who sang along to the instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Speaking of singing, do you have any TV theme songs committed to memory that you'd like to sing with us now? Richard can pull it up on YouTube. <laughs> oh Lord, I, TV songs. Um, we like to shift gears. Well, that that's a surprise. I, I'm not sure I can get my hard drive here in my head focused on that. Uh, that's okay. Give me some prompts. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Hey, we sang cheers these chairs before. <laughs> that's a great backdrop. Um, yeah, I got cheers coming right now. Hold on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Happy. The way in the world today takes everything you got. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics. <laughs> How about I hum? <laughs> That's not working too well for us. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. That's okay. We tried. We, 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 we were putting you, we're wrestling you around here. Um, okay. Um, uh, do you remember the first time that you knew you were going to run for public office? Not when it maybe crossed your mind when you were younger, but when you were like, this is it. This is, I'm, I'm running, for, I'm putting my name out there. Well, that's, that's a great question. I'm going to have to think about that in a minute. It was, uh, I think I was in my 40s, and um, a, I, the, a seat came open. It was a vacant seat, and... Um, I thought, oh, geez, I've got, sort of got my life organized in a way uh, that maybe maybe I could do this public service thing, and and uh, so that was in my forties. I put my name in and qualified and uh, ran. I won the uh, primary and I lost the general election. I lost my first election. Oh, uh, what year would that have been? About nineteen seventy-six. Nineteen ninety-six. Nineteen ninety-six. Yeah. Um, okay. So then you mount up on city council. You were city council member for years. Four, year, four years later, I was elected. Two thousand. I've been in ever since. Yeah. Do you remember the first time that you knew you were going to run for mayor? Like, was that early on in your city council career that you thought, I might be able to do that someday? Yeah, I started thinking, uh, geez, if things work out, if, if I learn this work um, and get comfortable and, and good at it, that maybe maybe I could be mayor one day. And so that was probably about 2008, I'll say. And then, then I was elected in 2009. Hmm. Uh, real quick, mayor aside, uh, one of my best friends all through sixth grade through high school was uh, Jennifer Humphrey. So I knew Mayor Humphrey way back before he was Mayor Humphrey. Um, you were president of the Florida League of Mayors. Yes. Uh, you guys all get together, all the mayors. We do. You talk about your hometowns, probably. How do you pre- present Fort Myers? Like, what is Fort Myers in like one sentence to you, to them, and then back from them to you? It's a clean, high quality of life city that has a lot of water around it and is beautiful. And is that how they perceive it too? Thanks I think to so. your outreach, I get a lot of compliments from other mayors. Oh, mayor, I was in your city. I'm this and that. They've had family members here or whatnot. Uh, yes, and so I consider myself a cheerleader for the city. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's interesting because you know the city of Fort Myers. I mean, it goes down south, but like the core there, the city. You know, the from the, from you know like halfway to 75 to you know the Alliance yes. basically yes. is a really small little tight knit area. 
But now we've got like 700,000 people in Lee County. So yeah, it's yeah. almost like Fort Myers is a really big city now. It is. It's a bigger city. Uh, Cape Coral's the biggest city with a nearly 200,000 people. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and its landmass makes it the second largest landmass city. But Fort Myers is 88,000 strong today as we sit. 40 square miles with about seven square miles of waterfront, so 47 miles square miles strong and getting better every single day. There's there's parts of the city that are older that we have programmed for new infrastructure that we continue to work on. But it this is a beautiful – and as I travel around other cities, I constantly am reminded just how beautiful we are. Yeah, and you know, uh, you know, while it was a hassle to drive down McGregor with all that construction going on for two years or whatever, I always would say to myself, "But aren't we lucky that we have the ability to completely upgrade our main core infrastructure like that?" So lucky, you know what I mean? So like, yes. you know what I mean. Well, what am I telling you? <laughs> I, I I know what you mean, and from the first day I came to Fort Myers when Jenny invited me down that fateful 1976, I think it was, I drove down McGregor Boulevard and I said, "Oh my word." This is beautiful. I got to experience this. Yeah, and I'm so lucky to just, I mean, I've driven up and down that road every day of my life for the last 30 years. Um, Are there any modern mainstream bands that you're into? Are you into any modern music? Jeez, you know, that's a great question. I I, I think uh, by default, the answer is no. I'm not into much modern music um, because I tend to go... You know, have such it's with such ease. I can listen to music of the seventies yeah, yeah, or eighties, right. and I just don't seek it out. Do you, uh, you and your wife, have similar musical tastes? We do. Uh, Jenny and I love music. We we listen to a lot of a lot of music. I think our taste is pretty similar. Yeah. Um, have you seen many concerts in your life? Yeah, we've uh, we've seen some great concerts. Billy Joel came to campus when we were in college when he was making his oh wow breakout. that must have been awesome. Far and away the best concert I have ever seen right there in Moore Auditorium on the campus and. Uh, packed and he got into the crowd and was shaking hands it was outstanding josh groban is another example of an outstanding concert and dave cause a great uh um classical uh, he he is he uh, plays the saxophone dave cause he's a guy from chicago he he does a wonderful uh, christmas program uh, with other very, very talented uh, musicians on that saxophone. He's just amazing. And um, yeah, a guitarist, um, Mr. Butler, or what is his first name? Anyway, Dave Cause, uh, Chicago, uh, Three Dog Night. Um, mm. Just outstanding uh, music uh, that we uh, we do like going to concerts. We don't go to that many, but we, we love them. And Fort Myers has an amazing opportunity yeah. at Barbara Mann. I was and, just going to say, yeah. I mean, do you remember any shows you've seen there or musical theater you've seen there? Well, Three Dog Night's been downtown. Uh, mu- musical theater, of course, the Florida Rep is, is one of the best uh, uh, anywhere in the country, perhaps beyond. Um, there's certain musicals there that we've seen over the years. Um, and in Centennial Park, uh, there's been great concerts, so we're, we're fortunate. Yeah, and with Music Walk going on, what, I don't know, a couple, yeah. decade and a half or something now. Uh, do, you, do you ever do karaoke? Well, uh, if Did I, Eric Raditz ever rope you into karaoke? <laughs> I feel like if there was karaoke, <laughs> Eric Raditz may have been involved. Eric's one of my favorite guys on the, <laughs> on the planet. Uh, he's not twisted my arm to do that. If the song, <laughs> if, if I feel confident in the song, I probably would be... Silly enough to do something like that, but uh, I do enjoy music. I, I like singing. Hmm. Uh, it is time for your third song, and it's come up a couple times. I haven't wanted to call it out, but what, what do we got? This, this is a song that takes me back. I, I, uh, I'm a Motown fan. Uh, I listen to just about every Motown song uh, ever written, but um, this one, this one's kind of a special song because it takes me back to my days when Jenny and I were starting to date and think about each other and could we be life partners and that sort of thing. And this is a happy song. It's it's an intimate song. It's a very intimate song. Uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, she was bugging you and you're trying to do math and uh, and she finally got your attention. How'd she get your attention? How'd she get you to stop doing math? Well, I've, now you're going to make me be truthful. I took one look at her in math class, and I could not take my eyes off of her. She is strikingly beautiful then, and she's strikingly beautiful now. And 
I couldn't leave her alone. I was dating someone else at the time. And it had that kind of impact on me. So when I just turned Tara through the glass. Yeah. So, well, well, I, let's do this. Let's put it this way. I knew what I had to do. I took care of business, and I got on with with, with dating one of the most beautiful ladies, and Jenny, and and so Barry White influenced that a little bit. Yes. Well, you made a good call. You guys got grandkids now. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, you ready to listen to it? Let's listen to it. Okay, this is uh, I Can't Get Enough of Your Love, Baby by Barry White from his 1974 album Can't Get Enough. So, Mayor Henderson, I have to say I'm quite envious of your wife because in any of my courting and courtships, I didn't get a cool song like this for a gentleman to to play for me. We don't we don't we don't have these kind of songs anymore. So I, I just had to say I'm a little envious. I don't share I don't share this with a lot of people, but I'm it, deep down inside of me. There's a there's a romantic part of me that's just kind of hard to describe. I, I love that about life, and and um, some of the most exciting times in 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 my life, of course, were dating, but. It's just gotten better over the years, and um, I know this is a very public. Yeah, I haven't told many people except all the people listening right now. <laughs> yeah, well, good. Yeah, just all the people, <laughs> the, the 330 million in America. But uh, it, life is is good. Hmm. Uh, any guesses on how many times you've danced to that at a wedding? Feels like that you've probably that's a wedding song, and you've probably been to a couple weddings with her. I requested it almost every every wedding, and. Um, and and I love it, and we dance to it, and Jenny loves it, and it's just fun. Our kids, our kids love it. Our, our kids. It's interesting. All th- three of my adult children, Marcus, Alex, and and Lauren, and Carrie, daughter-in-law Carrie, and Kathleen, Marcus's girlfriend. We we all love to dance, and and we it's it's fun. We get out, and we we do go to a lot of weddings, and it's fun when our whole family can be there, and we just dance and dance. It's so much fun. Jay and Laura are amazing dancers. And so you don't have a, a nervous bone when it comes to dancing? I, I that's that's the, the bridge that some people can't cross. I don't shy away. <laughs> <laughs> I know I must look ridiculous. No, you were dancing in your seat during that, that's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I alluded to this before the show, but, you know, you, you changed your song toward the end, right at the end there, and, and your assistant, uh, Kim, called me and, and – uh, it was one of my favorite phone calls, work-related everyone. She said, well, the mayor wants to change his Grand Funk Railroad song to Barry White. <laughs> and then it was great the way she said it. I, she says, should I email it to you or can I just say it? I'm like, well, what is it? I might be able to find it. She goes, it's called Can't Get Enough of Your Love, Baby. <laughs> well, well yeah, you know, I wanted to dial in something that, 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 that showed uh, that side of me because – <laughs> uh, Grand, Grand Funk Railroad was more related to my my buddies, yeah, know, my, yeah, my guys, yeah. and uh, I'm your captain was, was one of my favorite ones that I uh, used to actually listen to coming to and from college. College was about four hour drive from home, and uh, and so I'm your captain, and you know it, it had it evokes memories of going to and from college back uh, on that the, transitional the, time, yeah, kinda, and your old friends back there, and precisely. Did any of them come to school with you, or did you go away on your own? To, uh, what, Chris McKinnon, uh, my quarterback, actually in high school, and um, and also a comrade on the baseball team. Our, our baseball team won the state championship, and we were just recently. Um, Installed into the uh, Ashburn High School Hall of Fame two weekends ago. Huh. And, uh, he went. Chris and I went off to college together, and and uh, from that came two or three others that followed us a year later. Jeff Davis, uh, one of my close closest friends, uh, childhood friends, and um, with a great life. You guys all keep up still. We do. We do. We keep up to this day. Yes. Isn't that great? It's wonderful. I'm lucky having grown up here. I still have buddies that I went to elementary school with here that I still keep up with on a regular basis. Don't you treasure that? Oh, that's like, I mean, how do you get that? I mean, most people don't get that. Life is good. Um, If you could start a band like magically, not needing to have skills, what kind of band would it be? Would it be like a, a yeah, well, what would it be? I, you know, and what I, role would you play in it? I, I love instrumentals so much uh, that it, it would probably be uh, some sort of horn, maybe a, maybe a saxophone. Uh, I just love those instruments and, and the, the harmonization, the opportunities. I, I love the piano. Um, possibly would would be a pianist, and uh, but by all means, whatever band I would have would have just about 
any instrument that you could justify in it, horns and piano, keyboard, hmm. uh, banjos, harmonicas, you know. Uh, you hear a lot of violin today's music, mm-hmm. uh, even on uh, more uh, uh, rock and roll songs even, and, and violin has become very prominent in, in rock and roll and, and, uh, and uh, certainly country music. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you watched any of the new Ken Burns country music? I have not. I have not either, but I've heard rave reviews. Um, do you have a favorite band of all time? Mm. Oh, boy. It's, I, it's, you know, Chicago's hard to beat. Uh, Boston. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, Kansas. They played had great songs. Going, again, going back to my college years, uh, obviously every Motown song that was ever written, every band that ever presented, you know, the uh, Temptations were Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, man, I just loved those songs, the the, the melodies of them, the, the way they could make you move. It's just so much fun. I've had a lot of fun. Did you ever get into the Beatles? Uh, like the Beatles, they they were more in, in the 60s, but there's certainly, uh, you know, geez, uh, Hey Jude, Yellow Submarine, uh, I watched the Beatles on Ed Sullivan show when I was a little boy. Uh, they, they, one of the most phenomenal rock bands in the history of the you world. You saw that on the TV? I did. You have that in common with Karen Feldman. Do you know Karen Feldman? Uh, no, but I'm not surprised I have it in common with somebody, but they were so popular. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, and she, I'm of that era. She's yeah. who writes the, uh, well, she was one of the Jean Labouf people for the news press. Got and it. she writes the things for the Floor Weekly now, and she's here on campus for the FGCU magazine. Super, super. Um, okay, uh, what would your 14-year-old self think of who you are today? Oh, I think, uh, you know, I, I get around to a lot of students uh, that age and, and college students. I've, I speak here a lot at the university, Florida Gulf Coast University. And I think 14-year-olds would look at me today and say, wow, you know, uh, he's a mayor. He, he, um, what would your 14-year-old self think of who you my, are? Uh, yeah. I, I, would, I would look at myself and say, you're, you're, pretty, you're pretty lucky. You get, you get to fly airplanes. You get to... You get to be a mayor. You, you get to <laughs> help people. Uh, you you you've been a, you know a, a good business person. You treat people with respect and, and fairness. And I think my fourteen year old self would look at me as uh, perhaps um, a good mentor. Hmm. Um, I hadn't written this down, but I'm going to ask you. It popped into my head. Do you ever foresee yourself going beyond mayor in the public service world? I, you know, this just came up uh, recently, and I have. It, this is somewhat timely and random, but um, I'll just uh, get it out there as NBC News is, is reported on a wink and uh, NBC Two. But Francis Rooney uh, recently announced that he's not going. To run another term, and I'm very seriously looking at that opportunity to see if that might be a, a fit for me. Really, in Congress, yeah. So we might hear something on those lines in the by the time this comes out, even perhaps. I'm working very hard. I'm taking it very serious, and I'm working very hard to get to a decision. And and uh, I'm I'm encouraged. Well, all right. Um, we'll leave that right there for now. Um, can you recommend three people who you're going to share this with who you think we should pursue as I, guests to be in that chair? I think that three random people that I believe would enjoy this opportunity would be my brother-in-law, Tom Corbin. He's a retired judge here. I know he loves music. Gail Markham is another close friend. She's a, a CEO of, a, of a, a very prominent CPA firm, Mark, Markham Norton, right, Mosteller, et cetera. And then uh, I think uh, my third, uh, were, um, who was who was my uh, other one? See Tom and um, Gail. It just went out of my brain. Um, we can take all the time we need. If you want to pretend like we're not doing this for a second, <laughs> we need to we need to do that because I've I've gone brain dead. Uh, let's see. And I wrote it down and left it in the car, but it's uh, was uh, Tom and Gail and Doug Malloy. 
the former federal prosecutor. I know Doug Malloy. I think he would. I be. think he's even scribbled down on a piece of paper on my desk with potential guests. Yeah, that name came up before. Oh, has it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sur- with me and Mike. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Okay, yeah. okay. I well, we will pursue all of them, particularly Doug Malloy, because yeah. yeah, he'd be good in that chair. I think he would love it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, well, that is basically it. Uh, do you have any songs that you'll always avoid listening to if they come up on the radio because of whatever reason? I, you know, not not really. I'm I'm not a really hardcore, hard metal kind of rock, so I, I probably would steer away from that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, that is it, Mayor Henderson. I appreciate you doing this. Uh, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to? I, I, thank you. I, I've been. Thoroughly enjoyed this. It's evoked some emotion today and uh, taken me back through some fun, fun memories. I have, I have a happy life, and this, this was, this was a lot of fun. And I just thank you for that. Oh well, we thank you. We make this podcast in the studios of WGCU Public Radio in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer and periodic host. Our executive producer is Chris Duffus. Our theme song was made by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. Before this week's parting tune, I just want to remind everybody to please find us on Instagram and Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Anything you can do to help us share the show would really make us happy, so please do. This week's parting tune, I'm going back to one of my very earliest musical memories. It would have been August 17th of 1977, meaning I would have been five years old. I know the exact date because Wikipedia told me that's the day Elvis Presley died. I remember being in the car with my mom. I can even remember where we were. We were on the way to my grandparents' house when the voice on the radio said something that I could tell caught my mom's attention. I asked her what he said, and she said that Elvis Presley was dead. I, having no idea who he was, said, who's that? And she replied, the guy who wears white suits. I accepted that without asking for more information, and it was not until several years later that the image I had in my head of a man wearing a white business suit or one of those Panama suits or whatever those things are called, not a white Elvis late in his career suit, was replaced with the king of rock and roll in all of his Las Vegas glittering jumpsuit glory. This is Hound Dog, one of his earliest and biggest hits, and also the first song of his I can remember hearing. I'm Mike Canary. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. When I do listen to music, it's always, always what my daughter wants to listen to. That's it. As soon as she gets in the car, can I feel, hear my favorite song? And every week, that's a different song. So I'll be listening to really bad like teen pop music, but she also loves really good music. Some Green Day songs. She likes some Aver Brothers songs. She loves the Beatles. What's she, her favorite song right now? It's it's the worst. It's um, <laughs> it's from the your the, face <laughs> like right now. <laughs>